Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for being here in episode seven. In this episode, I really want to give you a pep talk and tell you four things that all teachers need to know to be great reading teachers. If you are somebody who has listened to all six episodes, I hope that by this point, you know and are aware that no two readers read exactly alike. None of us think the same. None of us do the exact same things as we're reading. And we have to be aware of that. And we have to take that into account when we are trying to help our students become better readers. And many of our students need strategies. And not just whatever the textbook says is the strategy of the week, not just whatever strategy you feel like teaching or your grade level partners say that you need to teach this week, but we need to be looking at what our students are doing as they're reading or what they are not doing as they're reading and help them learn those strategies so that they can implement them as they're reading. Remember, strategies are things that we use whenever we're reading a difficult text, and we want some of those things to just be second nature, something that they just do to become a skill. So we need to explicitly teach things because we don't all read instinctively in the exact same way. Second, I hope that you have found, whether it be from previous episodes or you thought, hey, you know, I really do need some pre-reading activities or some during reading activities, or I need some things to do after we finish the text. I want you to be looking for things that work for you and for your students. All of our students are different and special education Some of us are in different settings, different placements. Some of us, we are pushing in. Some of us, we're pulling out. But find things that work for you and for your students and your setting so that you can have some pre-reading tools so that when you, before you start a text, you know, hey, we're going to do this today or that today, or we need to talk about this, or we need to clarify this so that we are ready to read. You also need some activities so that you are ready and prepared to help them monitor their own comprehension. It is not okay to just read the words on the page. Yes, that's part of it, but if we are not thinking, if we are not understanding, if we're distracted while reading, we are not understanding the events that are happening in the story or the information that's being shared. So we need ways to make sure our students are understanding as we go versus read 12 paragraphs and then they didn't have a clue what we were talking about. We also need some activities for after reading so that they're prepared to answer open-ended questions or cite evidence. Some of those higher level, harder tasks We need to help them be prepared for that. We also have to remember 
to kind of remember that I do, we do, you do method where I'm going to do a lot of things and then we are going to do things for a while so that eventually you can do things. We want to help our students be independent, but we can't just expect it to happen right away. We have to do a lot of modeling. We have to do a lot of work together. And then in time, we can transition them to doing more of these reading tasks independently. We've talked a lot about skills and strategies and the difference between those two things, but I really think we have to keep in mind that we also need to teach our students how to read fiction and how to read nonfiction. And that all of those strategies that we're teaching might look a little bit different when we're reading fiction, and they might look a little bit different when we're reading nonfiction. In some cases, they might look very similar. A lot of it depends on the passage, but we need to teach our students exactly how to read both of those because our brains are doing different things depending on what we're reading. For me, I used to love to read fiction when I was younger, and I absolutely hated nonfiction. Don't even talk to me about nonfiction. I don't want to read that. But I think for a long time, my brain didn't know what to do with nonfiction. And so as I got older and became an adult, if the topic of nonfiction was something that interested me, then I was in. I liked to read nonfiction. But I think for a long time, I, I only knew how to read fiction. I only knew how to visualize a story and paint a picture of what the words were telling me versus hunting for facts and oh, I knew this, but I didn't know this. And I think this was trying, the author was trying to tell me this from this fictional passage. So I, there are some things that your brain does the same and that there are some things that your brain does differently. And we have to teach our students to read each of those. And this is what I see a lot of times, you know, I myself included, we say, I see that there are real pictures in this story and it looks like a real picture of a rainforest. What does that tell you about the genre? And we talk about that, but then we don't elaborate on what does that mean? Okay, so what? It's, it's nonfiction. What does that mean to me as the reader? Yes, it's important that we know there are different types of literature, that there are different genres, even in those two fiction, nonfiction types. There are different genres, but what does that mean for me as the reader? We have to talk about that with our students. Now, my fourth point here, I'm afraid, is going to make me stand on my soapbox and sound pretty sassy. So, I'm going to try my best. I'll probably hit stop and re-record a few times, but here we go. In my opinion, me standing on my soapbox here, I think that so many of the things in education really cloud our, our goals or really stand in the way of accomplishing our goals. And here's what I mean. We are worried about what reading skill, what reading strategy. We're worried about standardized testing. We try this graphic organizer. We try this activity. We try these centers. We try this. We try that. We do this. Oh my gosh, I'm behind the reading series. Oh my gosh, my kids aren't getting main idea, but now we have to talk about comparing and contrasting. My kids aren't able to tell me the setting, but now I have to talk about this and we're, we're getting in our own way. We are letting other things drive our instruction besides what our students need, besides our own observations. 
besides what our gut tells us our kids need. And we do all of these things from a good place. We all have good hearts. So we might be trying to be a team player. The rest of the team follows the reading series. I'm going to follow the reading series. It's moving much too fast for my students, but you know, they are, I will. We do it because it's shoved down our throat and oh my gosh, we have to, you know, this is what the district spent thousands of dollars on. This is what I have to use. Or we do it because, you know, oh, heaven forbid my students not pass that standardized test. I know how important it is. You know, I, I get it. We have to have standardized testing. For us, that's how our schools are funded. I get it. But we're also letting some of that stand in the way. And we're pushing all of these things that are so difficult for our students before filling in gaps of things that they're unable to do. If students can't visualize, I'm really sorry, but they're not going to be able to answer some of these higher level questions. And if you don't spend some time working on those strategies to help them understand what they're reading, then you can spend all day long teaching them a procedure or a step or how to write this or how to do that, but they're not going to get it. And so we do all of these things from a good place. We're just trying to help our students in the best way that we know how. But sometimes, if possible, you have to slow it down and give your students what they need. And to me, as special education teachers, when we are working in small groups, that is our time to do it. We can slow it down. We can work with our students on exactly what they need to take them to the next level. We have to push them. I'm not saying... Oh, just stop pushing your kids to the next level. Stop, you know, making them do anything that requires thought or hard work or thinking. Yes, do all of those things. Push them, push them. But you also have to be mindful of what they're capable of and what they're ready for. Okay, I hope that didn't sound too soapboxy. I hope if anything, you see that my heart is in the place of helping you have permission or feel comfortable doing what your students need working on the strategies that they truly need to get to the next level of reading, to master a new skill. That is our job and that's our purpose of our small group time. And that's what I hope you will do is practice some of these strategies, practice what they need so that in time, they can slowly become better readers. This episode, unfortunately, is the end of our reading comprehension season. And in this season, I hope you have learned so many things, whether it be about the vocabulary and the mindset and the things that you need to know before even thinking about teaching, or maybe it's the activities and the things that you should be doing during each stage of reading. I hope that you've walked away with several nuggets of information that are going to just really help you become a better teacher in the area of reading comprehension. For me, I don't know about you, but I'm a total nerd and I love to learn new things and hear what other teachers do and just find ideas for things that I had no idea about previously. So I hope you're concluding this season excited for what's to come next and really walking away with some valuable information. So speaking of season two. In season two, we will be talking all about spelling. And as special education teachers, I know 
that spelling is a big, big weakness for so many of our students. And like many other things, it's not something that we have been explicitly taught as teachers so that we know what to explicitly teach to our students. And that's what I hope that you will walk away with in season two. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.